Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Movies and Meal, a podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. I'm your co-host Ben, and as always I'm joined by Brad. What's up? Okay, so it's going to be a comic book heavy movie podcast today. First we're going to just go over some some comic book news. We have a trailer for X-Men 97, which is technically TV, but it's our podcast. Um, We'll do what we want to. Yes. So. Uh, so it is a continuation of the 90s animated series that is beloved. And then we finally have some official casting news from Marvel about Fantastic Four we want to riff off of. And because we're recording this a week after the Super Bowl, the biggest Super Bowl trailer that was released was Deadpool and Wolverine, which is Deadpool 3. And that's coming this summer. And after we talk about all that stuff, we're going to close with Madam Web, which is a comic book movie. <laughs> Starring Dakota Johnson and some other folks. Sydney uh, Sweeney. Um, yeah. God, yeah. I'm looking. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but um, let's let's talk about X Men '97 first. So, like I said, this is a continuation of the animated series that was beloved in the '90s, and I, I think people have been clamoring this for a while. But um, I'll, I'll kick it to you first, Brad. I mean, I guess what were you, what's your relationship with the original series, and what's your excitement level for this? Well, growing up as a kid. It's like almost the original Fox blocks of cartoons. It would be, um, and I forget which one was first, but it's Spider-Man the Animated Series with the guitar riff from Joe Perry. And then you have the X-Men the Animated Series with the guitar riff. With basically, just that, that guitar riff just gets you into it. I mean, it's just flashing of the intro scenes of their powers. And then you have the, like, Xavier and Magneto coming together and all that. That's, 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 it's, it's a classic for me. I really enjoyed it. And it's... It's it was a show that was ahead of its time with some of the heavy themes it had too. It was ninety two when it first came out, and I was uh, seven, eight years old, I think. So I was a little bit older, but what's great about that, I know the first couple episodes actually kind of I think debuted on like primetime TV for Fox, and you know having been familiar with the comic books, it was interesting. It was like the first time I'd seen actual takes on some very classic X-Men storylines like Days of Future Past and uh, the Phoenix Saga. And it was great stuff. And, you know, what, what Brad said, it was it was pretty heavy for its time and pretty innovative for its time. Um, I know as the series kind of went on and got a little bit long in the tooth, you know, the quality kind of dipped a little bit as far as animation. But culturally, you know, it still has a great impact. Um, there's a couple of memes out there that have um, been launched from the X-Men series and I, it's just like the microcosm of those 90s X-Men. You had that lineup um, that had come out of the Chris Claremont, Jim Lee era, like Wolverine, Gambit, Rogue, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, uh, you know, Jubilee. I, did I say Jubilee? If I didn't, Jubilee. Jubilee. It helped kind of launch some of the other Marvel properties as far as cartoons, right? I mean, Spider-Man came after that, and then we had like a we had an Iron Man series, and it was Iron Man and Fantastic Four were on like yes. five five o'clock. But it was it was interesting. But yeah, I mean, it, it released a lot of they, they. I mean, like later on down the line, they did an Avengers series, which was not as good. But I mean, they they released a ton of properties. The series comes out in March, and I, are you gonna watch it? I, I'm going to try to watch it, yeah. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm glad this is back in existence. I haven't really watched the cartoon or revisited it since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I might wait for maybe you or maybe if I hear some good reviews about it. I, I don't doubt that it won't be good. I just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Let's march along and let's talk about the first family of Marvel, I guess. Uh, that's the Fantastic Four. 
They had some recent uh, casting announcements here. You know, I mean, this movie has been long awaited. We've already had two other iterations of Fantastic Four. You know, one was okay for the time, I think, right? And then another one that has been uh, chronicled as a epic uh, disaster. It is a bottom five of Marvel movies all time for me. So I believe I gave it a half star out of five, which... That may be another theme coming up near the end, too. And once again, that is another spoiler. But go ahead, Ben. Let me cut you off. The Fantastic Four, like I said, is a property. I mean, it it is the... I think Fantastic Four number one is probably one of the, like, cornerstones of the Marvel Universe. And so they've been... People have been kind of wanting this to happen for a while. And uh, it's finally happening. Um, they said the release date... For uh, July 2025, and which seems seems real close, because I mean you're just getting casting news now, and it's it's going to be what a year and change, right? A year and three months. Um, four filming months and... will start in August of this year, yeah. and then we're gonna and then we'll have it um, basically a year from that. So Pedro Pascal will be Mister Fantastic, Vanessa Kirby will be Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, Joseph Quinn, the Human Torch, and um, Yvonne Moss, uh, Bacharach, um, from, among other things, uh, The Bear and Andor and uh, the Punisher Netflix series. So we don't have a villain yet. I mean, people have been clamoring for Doctor Doom. There was no Doctor Doom announcement for this, but Brad, what's your take on this? It's cool seeing Pedro Pascal in a comic book universe. I mean, he's, I feel like he can do anything he wants. I mean, it's just, that's his acting and his just way he can get into character seems to Seems to be real well done. It'll be interesting to see how he pulls this off. I ain't saying he can't do it. It's just Reed Richards is a hard character to pull off. And is it Young Grunfeld? Grunfeld was the original one yeah. for the Fantastic Four series from the I guess what mid 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 two thousands. Yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, I think he pulled it off pretty good. And then um, what's his name? That was Miles Teller was, was the one yeah. from twenty fifteen. And and you know what? Because Mister Fantastic's character, I think, has changed a lot over the last twenty years. The uh, the one that Ian Grofeld, uh forgive me for butchering his name, but the one from those movies is kind of what like a just a a genius, but a little bit of an absent minded guy. And I think over the years, like through um, you know a, a lot of different comic book writers in the comic sense, um, he's become a little bit more cold-hearted, a little bit more calculating, a little bit more distant, um, a little bit more like uh, absentee parent almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Doctor Manhattan a little bit, like yes. detached. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Pedro Pascal is on a hot, hot streak right now. And obviously he can do kind of detached a little bit. We saw that with The Last of Us. And, um, yeah. you know, he's he, 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 he's he got the chops to do wherever the heck he wants to. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, this is going to come out next year. Vanessa Kirby as, as uh, Sue Storm or Sue Richards. I don't know which one they're going to go with yet. I don't think... Did they, did they specify? Uh, I'm not sure. No, um, I don't think so. They just yeah. have the, uh, just the picture. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... I think she's an interesting choice, but I think she could pull it off. Like, I mean, I know her mainly from the Mission Impossible movies from, I think, was it the fifth one or the sixth one? Yeah, she's I, been around the last couple of years. Yeah, so, I, I and she, and I really love her. She's got a presence on screen, so it's going to be, I, I think she could probably pull it off. You and I are both not familiar with Joseph Quinn 
as Stranger uh, Things. Yeah, I so I can't really give anything on that. And uh, Moss Bacharach, um, he was microchip in the Punisher TV series, but for some reason, Ben and I had this conversation. I almost comically cannot remember. <laughs> much of what he did in there so which is a shame but i think i texted you about this when you texted me about it i this i think the way i looked at it was and this is the mcu in general i'm not really excited for anything mcu worthy until at least a trailer comes out and the way i liked it liking it to was i think the mcu has won a couple of super bowls and now they're just it seems like they're struggling so now they just want to win the preseason in my opinion which Preseason is all the big act, all the big character news, all the big uh, news and all that stuff. But until like a trailer comes out and the actual movie comes out, that's what you kind of got to wait for. And, and they've been losing that. That's like the regular season games is like the movies and the and the trailers. And it's just it seems like most of them are just kind of losing so far. We're at a crossroads. I think we're at saturation now. The latest Marvel phase, none of those movies have really hit. You know, part of it is because of the raised expectations for the first 10 years, 15 years of this of this saga. And just because our, our tastes have changed. And, you know, if Deadpool doesn't do well, and if this movie flops, it's over. I, I, yeah. Marvel, I think, is done. And, like, you know, like Westerns were back in the 50s and 60s that were the dominant genre um, that eventually evolved a little bit, but then eventually died out. I mean, if Fantastic Four stinks then it's it's over for the mcu i think but they gotta get it right for the general public and they gotta get it right for the hardcore comic book fans because if they screw this up then it's it's tough yeah, sledding it is, i'll it is. say i'll say tough sledding you i think you're you're like it's done done like uh stick oh, a fork you know, in i mean you you will always carry the torch for the comic book movies i'm getting i'm getting to the point where it's just like it's got to be good i can't yeah, I, I, I you can't just like you can't just like live off my goodwill, and again, yeah. that's we're gonna mention that a little bit more with Madame Web. But just like it, yeah. it's not enough just to put out a comic movie; it has to be good. Yeah. My problem is it's coming out next year. That seems like they're rushing it, and the problem that the MCU has done is they 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 have a tendency to rush things too much. They they they're they're, they're trying to. And it was kind of cool to see him slow down forcefully this year with only one movie coming out this year. And and honestly, that one was kind of in spite of MCU. This was like a Ryan Reynolds joint that was like he was like pushing this thing along. I worry if it's coming out next year about the quality of it. All right. Well, let's talk about a comic book movie from Marvel that is coming out this year. And that is Deadpool and Wolverine. This is the third Deadpool movie. It's been long teased, you know, the, if you watch the two Deadpool movies before, they've always teased to have Hugh Jackman in there, and they finally got him after he had seemingly retired after Logan in 2017, but, you know, Ryan Reynolds and I'm sure a lot of money and just the chance to be in, like, a proper MCU movie um, enticed Hugh Jackman back, but, you know, the trailer dropped, it looks like most of the cast from the first two movies are there, you know, we also see there's some sort of, like, Wade Wilson kind of dipping his toe into the MCU proper. Um, but then also, you know, they're bringing back some of the old timers. Briefly, Pyro from the X-Men movies apparently is in this movie. And there are some rumors about some other people that I think are almost a given, but I still won't mention them. But what do you think about this movie, Brad? It was kind of spoiled. I mean, it's it's interesting to see the TVA. I mean, there, there was some way to connect all the universes together. It TVA seems like from Loki. Yeah, the TVA from Loki seems like the way they're going to do it. So it was it was cool to see that scene. 
I like the, the, the beginning shots where he's bonding with all his friends and Vanessa and all that, but I it's, it seems like they might have lost a little bit of that love and feeling, I think, between Vanessa and, and uh, Wade Wilson. I mean, just, just reading between the lines, maybe I'm wrong. It's cool to see that they haven't sort of like dampened Deadpool's sense of humor. I mean, granted, it was PG. I mean, there was no blood, no cussing, but yet. I'll say the word yet. I'm sure there's going to be some red band trailers if this is an R-rated movie uh, come out. Oh, so. yeah. I guess I should mention that, you know, it's the Deadpool movie, but this is a, this is the first Deadpool movie through Disney, and it's the first R-rated MCU movie. So Yeah. Look, so you mentioned Pyro. It was cool to see him. I'm interested to see... How many Wolverines, Deadpools, and other Fox property characters show up? Because it's it's going to happen. There's probably going to be at least more than one Wolverine. I mean, you caught like a back shot of the Patch version of Wolverine from um, when he was in Madripoor, right? Mm -hmm. I believe so. And you get a shot of uh, briefly of him in his yellow and blue jumpsuit pulling weight up at the end of the trailer. So, which some people kind of there's shots of like armored soldiers and they're thinking that maybe that's like maybe dr doom um oh god i think those guys he's fighting are tva people yeah i think so too i really do but um like i said there's a shot of a character i won't say that some people are saying like you see a back shot of a character that i'll try to not spoil so all in all my interest level is high like i said I'll, I'll wait till another trailer comes out and then i might get more or less excited i mean it's i'm MCU, like we've mentioned before, they're in a they're kind of like in a cold spell here. They need they need a win, and hopefully this movie will be their win. I just I won't believe it until I see it. So unfortunately, that's a shame. I got to get to that, but like I said, they've had a lot of L's lately. So you know, I just said how sick I am of the multiverse and crossovers, but I mean, this is I think would be the exception. Um, some of the people that I think that we've read and heard that's rumored to be in there. I mean, it's just fun to, it'll be fun to see them again. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to put this on the record. Uh-oh. Here's my prediction. That Chris, Chris Evans will be in this movie as Human Torch. There you go. That is my, that is there my prediction. There you go. There I, you go. I think that's a fairly safe bet because he's been, he's cameoed in a couple other Ryan Reynolds movies. I'll I'll, I'll raise you one. Okay. I think Michael B. Jordan will also be in the movie as human. Okay, torch, okay, so. okay. There you go. Okay. There you go. All right. I'll, I'll be bet. wrong. I'll be wrong on that one, but I would yeah. laugh I would laugh my ass off if that happens. So. Uh, you know, I mean, Michael B. Jordan was in Space Jam 2 for that one joke, so why not? It's fun. I guess that part's fun. Yeah. Okay, so we're having fun. That's that's exciting. And uh, let's talk about a crappy movie. Uh, a I, movie from Fox. Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sony. Yes, I apologize, Fox, because Fox is part of Disney. But a movie from Sony, that is Madam Web. Behind the scenes, folks, I tried desperately to get this movie pushed first because I don't really want to end up on a bad streak here. Spoiler. That's a big spoiler. Okay, let's talk about Madam Web. This movie is directed by S.J. Clarkson, and it stars Dakota Johnson along with Sydney Sweeney, Celeste O'Connor, Isabella Merced, um... Tahir, Raheem, Mike Epps, Emma Roberts, and Adam Scott. It is part of the uh, Sony Spider-Verse, I guess we'll call it, the live-action spinoffs that include Venom, and then the soon-to-be-released in August Craven movie. Also Morbius. Yeah, and Morbius, and I guess Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man, even though he doesn't really have anything to do with any of those other properties so far. Um yeah, so far might be the key word there. Um, we're going to go full spoilers on this movie because um, I'm going to be real with you. We both hated this movie. 
Hopefully you have not watched Madam Web yet, but Brad and I watched this movie, so you don't have to, because it's terrible. Yeah. We, we got out of the movie theater, we immediately texted Keith, who was on the road, and mercifully did not watch this movie with us, and we were just like, don't watch this movie. And I texted uh, Podcast Matt, uh, I told him, I was like, dude, if you have not watched this movie yet, don't. I told him, I was like, unless you're curious, I told him, I was like, look, I can't stop you if you're curious, but I can tell you. It's not a good movie. Let's just get this over with. And first, Brad, uh, what's this movie about? All right, Summer, as always, courtesy of IMDb. Cassandra Webb is a New York metropolis paramedic who begins to demonstrate signs of clairvoyance. Forced to challenge revelations about her past, she needs to safeguard three young women from a deadly adversary who wants them destroyed. I did not like this movie. I'm going to give my rating. Let me say what's positive. I appreciate it that it's a women-focused, directed by a woman, superhero movie. I think the cast, I, I enjoy the cast, not in this movie, but I enjoy the cast overall. I, you know, to, from all indications, like Dakota Johnson seems to be a, a, a lovely person and very nice and, and genuine. And Sydney Sweeney and some of the rest of the cast are, I think, up-and-comers. Um, it was nice to see Jill Hennessy, an actor I've loved since Law & Order, have a cameo in this thing. Watch Adam the Scott is, is fine. The story makes no sense. The acting is bad. Um, this is a straight cash grab from Sony to try to make a shared universe without Spider-Man happen. It's a failure. It's an insult to moviegoers. It's an insult to comic fans. Because Sony is very arrogant to think that they can just they can just um, fire off any kind of crappy superhero movie because we're too stupid to know any better or not have any taste. Um, I don't like this movie at all. I'm gonna give it a one out of five. It probably should be lower, but I you know I Brad. It was like 15 minutes into this movie, and very fleetingly I was like, what if I just left? I've never really had that. Even some of these movies that we've really slogged through, Argyle or all these other ones, I, I was just like, I, I don't know if I need to be here. And I'll, and I'll second that by saying literally, at least in a movie we know there's no post-credit scene. By yes. the way, yeah. if you somehow find yourself stuck in a movie theater watching this, yeah. don't stick around for the credits. There's no post-credit. Brad, Brad is usually, Brad is very dedicated and We'll watch, we'll watch a movie through the credits all the way at the end, even if there's not necessarily... Unless we know, know, know that there won't be. But Brad, it's just like the movie was like two seconds over and Brad already had his sweatshirt on. I put my on. sweatshirt on like five minutes before the movie ended. And like... Which I never do. Before it was like directed by S.J. Clarkson, like Brad, we were already like walking out. I told him, I was like, Ben, are we ready to go? Yeah. Let's let's get yeah. out of here. I was, it was it was there. Okay, but. so I gave it a one out of five. Brad, um, you want to... Go ahead. By the way, that was, that was a good... Uh, that was that was a good move, good move there. I really enjoyed that uh, rant. So. Purge, purge. You didn't yell, so that's pretty good. Well, this was a movie. I was going to even do ellipses and say, well, this was a okay. movie. But no, this was a movie. Okay. So you want to do the plugs now? Uh, for, for some reason, looking back on this, I gave Morbius a one and a half. And I still don't understand how I got it out because of one and a half. Because you love comic book movies. Yes. And I think a contrarian, because I I think it's the same thing with Venom. It's just like, you know it's a movie's bad. But because you love comic books movies so much, and Keith and I were just like, 
you know, curb stomping it. Like, there's still part of you that wants to defend it. Yeah. And that's probably why you gave it an extra... You, that's why you probably gave Morbius a higher score than you did. Yeah. Madam Web doesn't have many positive traits. You've named some. And I'm not over-exaggerating when I say few. The CGI was not good in a lot of places, but... I really loved how they handled the premonitions that she'd had, the clairvoyance, all that stuff. That was that was handled well. It puts you in the mind of a slowly uh, her, uh, Cassie Webb slowly slipping sanity. I don't, I'm not going to say that five times fast. And I mean, you join her in on it. I thought that was pretty good. The action pieces that were not the final action piece were good. It it really. It tried to put you in mind of uh, Ezekiel uh, Sims was like the Terminator. And those scenes I really loved, especially with the premonitions. Those those were fun scenes, in my opinion. Well, fun's a strong word. They were they were acceptable. <laughs> um, I didn't say bad. I said acceptable. I know acceptable. Acceptable is uh, I think correct. The bonding scene in the hotel was probably, even though it's by the books, probably the best scene in the movie. And I I really. We're going to go all over this about yeah. this movie. So. Yeah, I mean, we've already set the spoilers. Spoilers, turn away. Yeah. Don't watch this movie away yeah. now. But it's kind of, if they kind of link together the bond between Cassie Webb being an orphan and the three teenage, I have in parentheses because they're all in their mid-20s, I think, or... or, or they're in the 20s. Yeah. 20s. Girls um, that were either orphans or unwanted. I think that was... The best scene, especially the CPR scene, that that was that was a good scene. I, I, I mean, there's just not a lot. I mean, the action the action sequences were passable. Um, I thought that the end scene. Oh, here's another spoiler and a warning against uh, false advertising. You know, in the commercials, you know, like Sydney Sweeney and them, you see them in their spider jumping around their Spider-Man costumes. You don't really see any of that at all. You don't see how they get their powers or their origins. Because this movie is a period piece, technically. It's set in 2003. Because I guess, theoretically, it's supposed to link into the Tom Holland universe. These girls, they haven't become their superhero selves they're, yet. They're trying to set up for a sequel. That's that's all this basically is. And that's... You can't do that. You, yeah. can, you just can't do that. But, you know, when at the end of the movie, when they all show up in their costumes and be like, we have the future, you know, we own the future, I started laughing. It was just, it's it was bad. The other positive I will give for this, and like I said, who was Jill Hennessy? Is that what you Jill said? Jill Hennessy, yeah. Yeah, she was the second best person in this movie, and that's a shame. Besides who? Adam Scott? Adam Scott is my MVP in this movie. There's no secret, as Ben Parker... There's no secret in this because he was the only. That's right. Good... He's Ben Parker. He's Uncle Ben in he, this movie. He's Uncle Ben, and he and and he's. There's no secret MVP in this because there's no two good actors in this. No. It, I guess the secret MVP yeah. would be Jill Hennessy. I guess so. Ben, yeah. Ben, ben, <laughs> Jill Hennessy's in two scenes. She has one yes, speaking scene. She's in there for maybe five minutes. Yeah. Adam Scott is the best thing in this movie as Ben Parker. And that's a shame because they shouldn't even bring bringing in the Parkers no, in this. No. They, they should leave the Parkers alone. I just don't have them. Yeah. He cares about Cassie Webb, who is a co-worker slash budge, budget budget. Uh, uh, They're buds. They, maybe they have a maybe they have a romantic history together a little bit. Um, uh, maybe I don't know, but and I mean basically. He drops everything to take in three teenagers, quote unquote, on the run, while also dealing with a pregnant sister-in-law. Yeah. 
Uh, Taking three teenagers that um, are being hunted by yes. a, a killer. As they're trying to lay low. Plus, she's also being chased by the law because... Uh, uh, not Cassie West being chased by the law because, for some reason, she's getting charged with kidnapping, but yet the cops are not looking for her. Go figure. You you said it best. You know, you said that normally there's a Brad nitpick. This whole movie... There isn't a nitpick because the whole movie is... <laughs> you really just have to, like, leave your... Any sense, any amount of you gotta turn your sense. brain off. Yes, you gotta turn your brain off. There, yeah. There's there's no if fans. There's there's suspension of disbelief, and then you gotta turn yes. your brain off because you're gonna lose brain it cells. It just has no lot. There's this no this movie is a movie where you gotta turn your brain off because you're gonna if you're like us, like Ben and I, you're just gonna be like, well, that makes no sense. Uh, like, anyway. I mean, and just like Cassie's just really not a really likable character. I've listened to another podcast. I have to agree with them. Most of them were out. In the beginning, because in the beginning, she's a paramedic, she saved these kids um, and her parents, and she's in the hospital, and the little kid was like, I want to thank you, here's a thing, and she's like, what do I do with this? It's like, you just take it. Yes. Yeah. Like, and know, that's what it's like, Ben's like, fold it up, yeah. put it in your jacket pocket, and when you, just, you get somewhere away, you throw it away. Yeah, you just politely accept it, because yeah. it's a little kid. You're yeah. not like, I don't right. want this little kid. Now like, what Now what Dakota Johnson does pull off well as Cassie Webb is she's awkward and antisocial. She pulls that off well at the beginning of the movie. And I guess there's, I guess, a storyline, a, a through line where she eventually learns to be accepting of kids, teenagers, I guess. But the one thing that really bothered me about Dakota Johnson's performance, and she might be, she might be an incredible thespian, but in, at least in this movie, when she's sad, angry, fearful, or happy, or all the above, or none of the above, it's the same tone of voice that bothered me a lot. Isabella Merced is Anna Corazon. Celeste O'Connor is Maddie Franklin. And Sidney Sweeney played Julia Cornwell because they wanted to be super sneaky about not having Julia Carpenter. That was, that was it. Those were the three. They played antithesis of each other. And I probably butchered that word, but I'm, I'm, I don't care at the moment. And then we have Tahir Rahim as Ezekiel Sims. I'm not sugarcoating. He was bad. I mean, he was just playing bad. If, if if what you originally told me that he was supposed to be sort of like the the T one not the T one thousand but the yeah, T one thousand from Terminator two yeah just a killer just a killer that says nothing that shows no emotion that would be fine. Yeah. But if I have to hear about him talking about revenge this and kill them before he gets killed this and I come from nothing and I'm not going back to nothing this. And I mean, he had no charisma, no inflection was given, no story on the character. I mean, he was just there to kill the mom of Cassie Sims at the beginning of the movie, steal the spider that apparently gives him powers, but you don't know how, because it's not said, and then be a, a creepy guy who kills somebody for the NSA, right? My secret MVP that I can't remember her name, Jill, Jill Hennessy, my secret MVP in this, five, like, only five minutes in. Then she has like a, a woman in a chair. I guess that's that's, that's a little role reversal. You've got a, a person in the chair now being helping the villain. But okay, whatever. And she was whatever. So, um, yeah, it's just no. Just no, no, no. And then I mentioned Adam Scott. I'll give you credit on this. I didn't look at my watch until about an hour in the movie. So that was about half an hour in. I was like, what yeah, oh. yeah. I, I looked at my watch an hour in, but then 30 to 40, 35 to 40 minutes left in the movie. And I think I'm being generous. I think it was more like 30 to 35, but 
after she takes the kids to the damn hotel room, and I've cussed, so I apologize, but takes them to the hotel room, bonds with them, and then's like, I gotta go to Peru because I've got to uh, get a control of my power. She has to go to the effing Peru? Why? 35 minutes left in this movie. You can do more bonding. You can have the guys in Peru come back to effing America to teach her this. Why? Why? There was no need. And it just took everything out of the movie. And then they had two more action pieces that were very terribly CGI'd. Especially in the in a damn fireworks place, which, okay, whatever. Um, oh, yeah, shout out to Pepsi for having... It's, yes. I think it's technically a Pepsi plant, because there's a big old Pepsi sign. Oh, is it? Yeah, and I guess the, you're the right. The Pepsi sign is actually what kills this guy, spoiler. Yeah. But uh, you all, there's, it, probably, there's, there's, there's Pepsi products. But it also there. has fireworks. Go figure. And it, it's just, I guess Pepsi did not invest well in infrastructure, and they're very unsafe. <laughs> so by the way yeah. i think it would have been awesome if like she saw everything up to when she lost her eyesight because she loses her eyesight when a firework hits her eyes when she's drowning yeah. so i thought that would have been cool but no they, they didn't even do that they didn't even give me that so okay. why don't um, you just you know I, I'm, I'm done with this movie yeah i just yeah you, you got your rant there so. there were so many head scratching or just pure shit moments but it's just the most was splitting her corporal body up into three physical manifestations that can save the girls. Yeah. She why she can't do that. It's it's not in the comics. What the fuck is that? And I've said it. So okay, right. I, uh, I've just yeah. Let's let's. By the ahead. way, by the way, yeah. my rating is like you one out of five. Okay, so, so one out of five, one out of five. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. like we're it has positives. Unlike Electra, unlike the Fantastic Four remake. That had nothing. Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, all that had no redeeming qualities for me. This had something. Not much of something, but something. Okay. So I gave it a one out of five. Okay, so, so why don't we go... I guess I'll guess the Rotten Tomatoes, and then I have a I have a review counter to that, but go ahead, do the Rotten Tomatoes. All right, critics and audience, Ben. <laughs> 25% for the critics. Audience, I'm going to go 43. Okay. I was going to say, whatever you're thinking for the critics, go lower. 13 percent 178 wow. reviews low, yeah, okay. 178 reviews audience 53 percent 250 plus reviews say what was the audience 53 percent okay. which i don't know what the okay the hell they're thinking okay there's no critics consensus no audience says which tells you something about this movie so that well, Rotten Tomatoes is even like screw this we ain't we ain't compiling this. Um, occasionally when we review a good movie like for Brad's education, we'll go, I'll go to IMDb and read um, the bad reviews part. Um, this will be the opposite. Um, I'm gonna read a couple. I'm gonna read one of the ten out of ten reviews for this. Um, <laughs> uh, this review, I loved every second of it, and I'm not kidding. I go to the cinema to relax, de-stress, and forget about the world. And so it was in this case. In fact, without panache. And at times bored me, but to call this the worst film ever made, please. Who saw Electra in 2005 and Thor: Love and Thunder knows what I mean. Ooh. It wasn't the best, but it also wasn't the worst. The best part of this film was probably Dakota Johnson. In addition to the comedic aspect, her amazing acting added some drama to the film, and the ending itself quite intriguing. Quite. If these characters were returned in the future, that was 10 out of 10. You know, you know, Ben. The, pet, the you know when we should have saw this movie. When we were 12, 13 years old. Yeah, that's probably I mean, yeah. That's probably the best time we should have saw this. And they yeah. tried humor. They tried, bless their heart, they tried to do some humor with Dakota Johnson. They tried to do, like, the Peter Parker climbing the wall thing, whatever. It wasn't funny. 
What's right. the box office with this thing? All right. Well, Madam Web finished in second. It made seventeen point six million dollars in three days. Go figure. Yeah. So I guess uh, eighty million dollar budget. It made yeah. what? I think six million dollars opening night, which is not good. Yeah, its six day total is probably going to be around twenty five point six. I think they're saying they're hoping that the international market could get it at least around fifty fifty five, and then maybe extra like. I don't know. So this is going to be one of the 2020... It's already like in the running for like 2024 box office bombs of the year. Yeah. It's going to be on your Watch Mojo list, I'm sure. Speaking, for many, many Watch yeah, Mojo spe- lists. Spe- speaking for bombs, number three is Argyle. $4.7 million this week. Three-week total of $37.2 million. So yeah. okay. that's another one that they spent. So wait, what was number one then? Number one was Bob Marley, One Love. Okay. Uh, $27.7 million for a three-day total. So. Okay. And what's four or five? Four is Migration, Disney, you no. Know, it's not uh, Disney, it's Illumination. Illumination, that's right. $3.75 million this week. Yeah. Nine-week to- nine total of $116 million. And then number five, still in the running, Wonka, $3.49 million. I believe it's a 10-week total of $210 million. Yeah, low-key so, box office hit. You know what's not a low-key box office hit? Yeah. Madam Web. Hi. Mad Web is a high-key box office bomb. There you go. Um, so There you go. Okay, we're done with this. All right, so I'm going to wrap this thing up because I'm just, whatever. Um, yeah, we're done. Okay, so you can always reach us at moviesandmealog at gmail.com with Movies and Meal on Twitter or X, whatever the heck you want to call it. We're on most podcast platforms. But I think for this episode of Movies and the Meal, I'm Ben. Spread. Peace. See ya.